0: Marriage and divorce are both common experiences. According to the American Psychological Association, in Western cultures, more than 90% of people marry by age 50. This is healthy and desirable both mentally and physically when the relationship is good. But 40 to 50% of marriages in the U.S. end in divorce, with the rates being even higher for subsequent marriages. But let's be clear, none of us got married with the intention of getting divorced. Suffice it to say, we can all say, I never thought I'd be here. I see this comment a lot on online dating profiles, in the online dating realm, to which I am quite familiar. Other comments I see often include, quote, just trying to make it through, or, I love my family more than anything, or, my kids are my whole world, and, last but not least, I like to laugh and have fun, and I'm looking for someone with a sense of humor. The first two quotes establish the rocky and difficult nature of the path divorce shoves us onto, a path we didn't plan for, a path full of pain and loss of life expectations, a path, frankly, of destruction. The third and fourth quotes emphatically state loyalties and responsibilities as we cling to the loves of our lives, our children, trying to keep them steady on the path adult decisions have forced them on. And to keep our own hearts from hemorrhaging any further with the loss of time, connection with blood of our blood and bone of our bone, our babies. And the last quote speaks to a need to rebuild, to find hope, to laugh again, and to laugh with someone. This podcast episode will look more deeply at these three areas. Sometimes divorce is selfishness, messy betrayals, and a path through hell. Some divorces are more amicable. But it is still the destruction of a partnership that at one time held hope and dreams. Sometimes divorce is because we are too lazy to get unselfish and grow. But sometimes walking away has nothing to do with weakness and everything to do with strength. For any of you who know my story, you know that my divorces are the basis for the entire Love Your Story podcast. My story itself is told in three video segments on the Love Your Story website, But in a nutshell, my feelings of failure and the shame that accompanied that I didn't create a story that I loved or was at peace with, that was what instigated all of this looking into how do I love my story when it just didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. I had to reframe my story of failure by focusing on the things that I learned and the things those lessons prepared me for. I focused on my growth and the fact that I did the best I could at the time, and so did the others involved. My new focus was on acceptance and allowing and moving forward with faith and hope in better things. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment. And giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Today, I have something new for you that we have never done before. I have a panel of five adults who have gone through divorce three men and two women. I will be the mediator of the panel and will ask the questions. Each one of these people have had very different experiences, but today we are here to hear what they learned and what they would do over again and what they wouldn't. So let me introduce you to the panel members. The first one is Doug from Colorado. He was married for 24 years and has been divorced for about a year and a half. He says he got divorced because his wife told him they were getting divorced. There's also a little divergent religion and roving eyes in there, but we'll keep the details minimal. He says he likes walks on the beach, sunsets, and kittens, and his turnoffs are vegetarians and neighbors who let their dogs poop on his front lawn and hairy backs. I'm not sure if that is hairy backs on men or women. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the podcast. Doug, you can say hello now. Doug, you,
1: you, <laughs> so. you
0: got to take yourself off mute.
1: <laughs> I was so worried about the background noise through your introductions. <laughs> And I appreciate you giving that full bio because that that was meant as a joke for you, but now it's out there. So that's fine.
0: I'm loving it. The next is... Glad to be here though. (laughs) Good. Jay. Jay was originally from Colorado. He spent his first marriage years in Texas and a few years ago moved to Utah to be close to his children. He's been married twice. He has three children with his first wife, who he was married to for 13 years. His second marriage was a mix of seven kids And it lasted two years, and he likes pina coladas, and vegetarians are a turn-on. Hi, Jay. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast. The third panel participant is Kathy. She's been married and divorced twice. She has three children, one with her first husband and two with her second. She says her first marriage failed because neither of them were really mature enough to see past their own wants and needs, and the second because her husband chose a different path. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. Okay, Rob. Rob was married for 15 years and he's been single for six. He has three children and attributes his divorce to neglect, his wife finding a new boyfriend, and a lack of communicating of needs and stress. Welcome to the podcast, Rob.
2: Thank you, Lorraine.
0: Rebecca. She was married to her first husband for almost 16 years. She says her marriage failed because they didn't have similar life goals or a vision for the future. She had a brief second marriage that lasted two weeks. She ended it when she found out that he wasn't honest with her about some things that had happened previously. She, too, is not a fan of neighbor's dogs who poop on her lawn. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. Thanks, Lori. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So let's jump in with these questions. I will ask three of the participants to answer each question. So we'll start with Rebecca. What did you learn from marriage and divorce?
3: And the first thing I learned, probably the biggest thing is that it really comes down to managing expectations, our own expectations, because when you don't manage that effectively and you expect something from your spouse that you haven't communicated, that you just assume that that's who they are or what they want, that you figure, yeah, this is how I was raised. This is what I want. Why wouldn't they want the same things? And if you don't actually vocalize that and really manage that in your relationship, it's doomed to fail. I learned that it took a long time for me to come to terms with that because it really came down to the fact that I didn't communicate my expectations. And so I placed what I later realized were unrealistic expectations on my first husband. And with that, he was really doomed to fail from the beginning.
0: You know, that's one of those things that you don't know that you don't know, right? Because your expectations come from this space of this is what reality is, and this is just how it should be. And that's the space any of us are coming from. So until you get enough experience to realize that everybody's not coming from that same place, you don't even know that you need to have those conversations. Right. That's true. So what did you learn from divorce? That it's messy, that it's painful, that you find
3: strength internally that you didn't even know you had. I think you mentioned in your intro that nobody gets married expecting to get divorced. You really go into it with this idea that this will last, you know, forever. This is a, a long-term thing, and I'm not going to give it, you know, 15 years and okay, see ya. And it's hard. It's hard. I even on the other side and knowing what I know now and and the growth that I've had and the happiness I've found since then, I encourage other people to do everything they can to avoid divorce from the beginning, just because it's hard. It's really hard.
0: It's messy and painful if you don't need it, isn't it? Right. Okay, so Jay, what about you? What did you learn from your marriages?
4: I would say that it's, it's important to acknowledge the emotional problems that, uh, that you're bringing into the marriage and to try to deal with those uh, before getting married or early in the marriage. And then I would say that it's also for my second marriage, I learned that it's uh-huh. really important to marry into a stable situation and the importance mm-hmm. of uh, saying and doing things that are going to work for your spouse, given their emotional limitations and the problems that they have.
0: Okay. Can you get more specific about that? How do you deal with psychological things before you get married?
4: My parents divorced when I was uh, around 13 or 14, and I was raised by my dad and my mom left home. And so I had feelings of abandonment. And so I projected that onto my spouse when I got married. And I started doing things as if she was going to abandon me. And that really drove her away in the end. Very insightful. What did you learn from divorce? Oh, from the divorce. Well, I would say don't get divorced. <laughs> I would say that it's important to, to try to work on things before it gets to the point of divorce. And then once you're in divorce, it's important to be good to that spouse or to the person that you are divorcing. It's important to try to work together for the good of the children because your kids are very important and their mom uh, is going to be an important part of their life. And so you want to make sure that you're treating her well, as well as you you can during the divorce process. Because as I've learned in the seven or eight years since the divorce is that, you know, I still have a relationship with my ex-wife. It's obviously, it's very different than what it was when we were married, but there is still a relationship. And so it's important that that it be a good one as as good as possible for the sake of the kids. And and also just for my own sake, I've learned that when we get along that my life is a whole lot easier and it's a whole lot better for the kids. Excellent. Thank you. Rob, what did you learn
2: from your marriage? I learned a lot probably about um, you have to be not selfish and uh, the change of priorities from me to we. And then when you add kids, it's us and you constantly have to, Look out for those that you're all with. I mean, not just your spouse, but your children. And that's probably uh, one of the major things we learned in the and with marriage. How unprepared I probably was for it. I mean, how do you even prepare for that? And then also how unprepared for kids, the huge emotional change that happened from when we went to the hospital and then the nurses handed me a car seat with our child. I mean, and I had no idea how to prepare for that. It was such a big experience. So...
0: Who does though, you know? I mean, everybody walks into parenthood and marriage having zero previous experience, and it's a great big trial and error. Everybody learns as they go.
2: Oh, yeah. It was totally trial and error, and probably more error than trial. And obviously, in my first marriage, since we didn't uh, survive, but we tried for 15 years to some degree or other. And uh, the biggest thing I learned is I kept working and trying to. I wasn't going to give up. I just kept working at it and trying to improve myself self, and uh, try to take care of the kids and keep working with her. But unfortunately, it didn't work out.
0: So what you did know, you learn from what...
2: divorce? <laughs> it's horrible. Worst experience of a lifetime. It's uh, not only is it hard on uh, the couple getting divorced, It's it can be really hard on the children. All of mine were at either at the beginning of puberty, like one was that's I think one was 14, one was 12, and one was 10. So it was a difficult time for my kids because what they knew was the stability unit and what they had taught due to our religion was the foundation of family was being torn apart. So my choices were I had to try to be as stable as I could for them and uh, try to be as loving and patient as possible. Because at that point, for me, the decision was to try to protect the children as much as possible from the chaos that they were about to go through that they didn't even choose. They didn't choose this. So had to watch out for them.
0: So let's move on to question number two. What would you do differently, Kathy?
5: Oh boy, how long is our program today? <laughs> well, hindsight's totally twenty twenty, right? I can't say that I wouldn't have married either of them, for sure. I definitely am glad I did. I think I... What I've done differently. Honestly, I'm in a good enough place now with myself. I wouldn't have done anything differently because I didn't know any differently then. Going forward, what I am going to do differently is I am going to slow down and listen to my heart more and look at my motivations, and maybe theirs a little bit more deeply, because I mean, in all fairness, i've been divorced twice, so I mean I'm the common denominator there, <laughs> and I've learned a lot, but you know i've I've got some baggage, and I want to just be honest and open with any relationships I have going forward and and just I want to not make the same mistakes, which is I think all of all of our goals is to improve and move forward and do better and I really mean if there was anything I could have changed in my past period it would be getting to know myself better first and have that be my highest priority because that has brought me to the best place I've been in my whole life is knowing myself and and loving myself and not expecting anybody else to do that before me
0: I think that's great advice. So does that tie in with maybe getting married older when you've had more time to do that or just making it a priority to really know yourself before you get married?
5: It could be either. I mean, if you're able to really get a solid foundation and grounding of yourself at a young age, I think that's great. Some people do it as they age and in a marriage and they can do that with their spouse. I haven't been able to apparently, but I think Maturity is important, but that I've met a lot of mature 20 year olds, but then I've met a lot that aren't. So it's hard to put it, you can't put a, really put a number, but I think the most important is to really know yourself and your internal motivations and have yourself grounded in what you truly believe.
0: Well, that ties back a little bit to what Jay said, where he's saying, know and understand what your own psychological situation is. You know, maybe what your. I don't want to call them weaknesses, but your your hot buttons, the, the the things that you're aware of that might prove and make a relationship difficult so that you can deal with those beforehand. And that has to do with knowing yourself for sure. Absolutely. Okay, Doug, what would you do differently?
1: What would I do differently? I kind of agree with Kathy's first comment. I, I can't say that I wouldn't have married her. I wouldn't have done that. I, we had 24 years together, 23 great ones. So I've got a lot of great memories and things that I take out of that. And that's partly where some of the regret comes from, is I think if we had that many good years, how could we not have fixed this or, you know, there had to have been enough foundation there. And so maybe looking back, if I had to say anything, it'd be when you start to sense that things aren't right, act on it then. Don't mm-hmm. assume that you've got enough of foundation that it'll take care of itself over time.
0: Mm, that's but great see advice. If can,
1: see if you can nip those things in the bud and don't leave anything to chance or don't assume that things are going to be okay.
0: I like that. Okay, question number three. What would you do all over again, if you could? Just one thing that you were really glad that you did in your relationships, Rebecca.
3: I think I would just do exactly what I did. I mean, I don't regret the marriage. I don't regret, I have three wonderful children from that marriage, from the first marriage. With the second very short marriage that I had, I felt like I was trusting my gut. So I don't regret that. I felt like all the signs were there for me that it was a good move. His communication obviously was not sincere. We found out but my mindset and my direction that I felt like we were going I just jumped right in and I don't regret that. But
0: Yeah, yeah. this is interesting how little regret there is. Jay, what would you do all over again? With the mother of my
4: children I mean obviously we we have three great kids and so I would definitely do that over again. Rob, what about you? I think I'd go through the whole thing again
2: not only because of the three great kids that I have but it's because of those experiences that got to where I am today and I'm really happy with who I am today and I would be different if I didn't have those experiences and I learned a lot learned a lot about myself what I needed to do to improve and and also I learned about things that are more important to me now than that what I thought was important when I was young is not as important as now. So I would go through the whole horrible experience, the parts that were bad, but I appreciate the good experiences, but it got me to where I am. So I would do it again.
0: Man, you guys are sure I'm a mature group. <laughs> Clearly you're not in the bitter stages. <laughs> okay, Doug, what advice would you give people who are considering divorce?
1: So sometimes my advice, my first thought is the same thing that's already been said. Don't do it.
0: Okay, but what if you have to? Everybody's saying don't do facing,
1: it. No, but if you find yourself in, it, the biggest thing that comes to mind right off the bat is echoing what Jay said earlier: find a way to get along, make it amicable. Obviously, it's best if there's kids involved. It's best for them. I mean, that's part of the reason I don't go into detail even on here about why I got divorced because we still won't discuss the details with the kids because they don't need to know those sticky. They still respect both of us, and we're going to leave it that way. But I was going to add <laughs> a, one quick thought: it's not only is it best for them but it makes the whole process so much easier and it's going to be easier for you in the long run. I know that you think that there's a lot of things that that person maybe be, that they need to be punished, they need to this, they need to, you know, whatever the case may be or whatever emotion you might be having, they don't
0: and it's not worth it.
5: Thank you. Kathy? I'm going to be a little opposite for a minute because right now I am super happy I'm divorced. <laughs> I, you know, the pain that I went through for the 10 years before the divorce in this marriage and suffering and burdens and everything that I had taken on is way worse than my life right now. (laughs) So I'm just going to be the opposite person out there and say, I'm loving my life divorced. If you're considering it though, don't just take any of our words for it. You have, if you're just considering divorce, I mean, you should look at all the different aspects of it. Sometimes divorce is worse than the marriage and you are going to be worse off and you don't know until you're divorced, but sometimes you're better off. And there are a lot of situations out there that men and women should get out of. And I just want to make sure that everyone's clear on that. It's not all about saving the marriage. Sometimes people's individual well-being is just as important or more than the marriage. And I come from a very strong religious background, and I feel very strongly towards marriage and that it is super important and sacred. But I am so in the best place right now being divorced. And I think my personal suggestion is to have a higher power that you or have an intimate relationship with that you can go to get personalized advice and direction, so that when you make a decision one way or another, there aren't regrets.
0: Thank you, Jay. Shoot. It's a common
4: uh, saying that when you get divorced, you trade one set of problems for another. And I totally agree with Kathy that there are some marriages that do need to end. You know, especially in the case of abuse and some other situations where. Absolutely, the marriage does need to end. And there needs to be some analysis, some logic in with seeking uh, revelation and seeking divine answers. And saying, is this the right thing for me and, and for my family? And for some people, the answer is going to be yes, absolutely. And I would say that uh, some specific advice is that if your soon-to-be ex-spouse is going to be a person that could be amicable, could be somebody that you can work with during the divorce... To consider using a mediator rather than getting two sets of lawyers. I love a lawyer when you need to fight. But if you don't need to fight, and if you need to fight, you want to get a good one. But if you don't need to fight, get a mediator. They have a different set of financial motivations. Lawyers, even the best ones, they charge by the hour. And so the more fighting that goes on, the more money they make. And so just recognize that, whereas a mediator oftentimes will charge. And so I, I used a mediator in my divorce and the mediator told us up front and he said, uh, he actually met us for lunch. And he said, well, the reason why I met you here for lunch is I wanted to see if you can work together because I charge you a flat rate. And so if you're going to be people that are going to be fighting all the time, then I'm going to lose money on this deal. But if I see that you can work together, then I have no incentive to prolong this and I'm going to work together with you to come up with good solutions. So I would say look into getting a mediator if your situation might call for it. Don't just go out and get a divorce attorney and just recognize the financial motivations that people in the divorce industry have.
0: Thanks, Jay. I think that's great advice. And it made me think of my own situation, which I have been married and divorced three times. And this deviates from most people's experiences, but I've never hired a lawyer in any one of those situations and neither have any of my exes nor a mediator. We amicably sat down, decided how we wanted to divide things and what needed to be done and actually like, did it online, filled out the papers and just filed. So I think that there are ways to do it where you work together and you make decisions together and you choose and move forward so it you know it doesn't always have to be big bad and ugly you can know even with the spaces where the relationships were hard like my second my second marriage where there was a lot of emotional and mental abuse in it you know there were a lot of really scary spaces but in a calm moment we sat down and did a you know, filed separation papers and agreed on what that was gonna look like. And we didn't ever need lawyers for any of it. So there are definitely ways to do it that don't require big, bitter, expensive spaces if you can do it. Okay, the next question. What has been the hardest part of divorce and what helped you during the darkest times? Doug.
1: <laughs> I mean they're all hard parts. There's not really there are silver linings here and there. Kathy hit on some, but The hardest part, I would say probably the hardest moment that I've ever had in my life was the day we had to sit down and tell my kids. But what gets me through it ultimately is just faith in them. Knowing that they're making it and seeing them adapting and coping and thriving now in their own worlds, you know, wherever they're at is what makes it worth it and what gets you through it. Is if you know that you're okay, you're doing this, it's not exactly what they'd planned, it's not what I'd planned, but they're making it okay, then I'm going to make it okay as well.
0: Thank you. Rob, what about you?
1: I think
2: the thing that
0: um, comes
2: to mind is, I mean, in those dark times, I mean, you've built a life with somebody and now that you're separating, I mean, it gets pretty lonely. And I think the things that helped those is I had family that was very supportive. I had some sisters and a brother that helped me through it. But like Doug said, the hardest was telling the kids that was a horrible experience because we were in a counseling office with a counselor and they didn't know. And when they did find out, they all started to just cry. My three kids and I were in tears, but their mom wasn't at all. And it, they all piled on my lap, which is after I cried. Because then they knew their parents were separating. And that life as they knew it was over. And uh, they had no idea what was coming. They just knew it wasn't what they had been taught or raised their, their, their whole lives. That was the hardest part. Thank you. Telling your kids.
3: Rebecca, what about you? Well, now I'm a little emotional too, listening to the other <laughs> stories. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay <laughs> to think about it. Like my kids kind of expected the divorce to come. There was a lot of drama and anger that came with our with our divorce originally. So to them, they kind of felt like it was like the best decision. I think they knew like, okay, that's you guys probably need to get a divorce. But like for me personally, one of the hardest things that I didn't anticipate and it kind of shocked me was the relationships that I had with my ex, with his family, with his extended, Mm -hmm. well, with his family at the time, I was really close to them. And I just don't have those same relationships. Um, It took several years to really work through some of the drama of that initial separation and divorce with the family for me to be in a good place with some of my past in-laws, because they're still the grandparents to my children. And I wanted to maintain a good relationship there, but it shifted in a way that I didn't expect. In my family growing up, I had a few siblings who had gotten divorced and I just watched my parents still embrace those exes as if they were still their own children, still communicated with them regularly. And that was my expectation. And that was not how it happened initially. Years later, we're all in a much better place, but it's still different. And I just miss some of the traditions we had with holidays and things like that. that. That's been, that was hard for me.
0: So what helped you the most during the darkest times? Was there a specific tool or outlet or insight that helped you get through them?
3: It took a long time for me, but it finally, it came down to once I realized that I just had to work on myself, you know, get myself right with loving me and not letting what had happened to me paint a picture or define me, that helped me get through and just honestly working through that process was comforting to me. It brought peace to me to just to kind of work through that myself and know that at the end of this, when I find my own strength and my own value, that nobody can take that from me. So I love that. That, that was kind of my shining,
0: you know, helped me get through it. That's nice. Kathy, what about you? What was the hardest part of divorce and what was something that you used to help you bounce back?
5: I agree. I think the hardest part was telling my kids. Actually, part of that was it was hard for me to realize that I needed a divorce. I'm one that never gives up. I'm never giving up. I'm going to work and work and work. And in the morning before we separated, I just still had the firm conviction that I could fix this. So actually a really hard part for me was realizing I couldn't. (laughs) And that my marriage was over and there was nothing I could do about it. And I was just fighting the inevitable almost. That was a really hard realization for myself. And telling the kids was really hard too.
0: And so then once you have to accept that and you move into the dark times that inevitably come with this, there's just always, even if you want the divorce, even if it's your idea, there's spaces of adjustment and spaces of loneliness. And there are dark moments. So what was something that helped you because you've bounced back really well that you advice that you could give to the listener, something they could use if they're caught in the middle of this?
5: Well, one thing is I've never been to a therapist before, but I got into counseling the Monday after he m- moved out because I knew I was gonna need an outside perspective helping me handle this healthily. And that helped a lot. And the huge part of it though was realizing I needed to allow myself to move through all of the mourning phases of the death of my marriage and, and allow myself to grieve, allow myself to second guess myself, but not make decisions in those moments. (laughs) And, you know, and just allow myself to go through that, whatever it looked like and allow myself to cry as much as I needed to cry and allow myself to be happy when that came too. but I have both my family and my Ex's family reached out to me to make sure I was okay and were a huge support. I'm very lucky that way. My husband's family still includes me and in pretty much everything. And um, is that awkward? Not really, because I oh the one of the biggest things I did with my counselor though was made healthy mental boundaries of what information I would share about myself and the process about what things I'd say yes to. And really healthy, healthy boundaries. And when they invite me to something and I don't want to go, I just say, no, thank you. When I'm invited to something and I really want to be there, I go. And we have come to an amicable place, my ex and I. So we just kind of go like we're just there. And it's, just, it's Not like we ignore each other, but we are able to be in the same space. So I'm very blessed that way because my parents were divorced and to this day my mom will not be in the same room as my dad if she can help it. So I really I think using a really bad example that I came from, I've always been very, very motivated to spare my kids and everybody else from the drama that could be from bitterness or whatever. They don't need they don't need that.
0: Thank you. So this last question, everybody gets a chance to answer it and it's very open. It's just what are your final thoughts on this topic? Something that you could share as either A warning or a hint of how to do it well, I want to enter this question with the caveat that everybody's experience with marriage and divorce is very different. And as we've mentioned, if you are in a place, you know, there's a lot of on the panel saying don't get divorced, don't get divorced if you can help it. And sure, that's nice. But for those of you that are in unhealthy situations, if it's an abusive situation, if it's something that you really need to not be there, then find the help that you need to get out of it. Because like Kathy mentioned earlier, once you do get out and can get to a healthy place, life looks so much better. You don't need to stay in dark and horrible places, but there's that balance of how hard do you work? You know, the pain and the disillusion of important things that's going to take place during a divorce versus, you know, living miserably on a daily basis or taking the power of, What can you do to change it and to strengthen yourself and to make yourself different and to change your perspective, maybe, so that you appreciate and work with your relationship? There's all sorts of angles here. And I don't want to say that there's a right or a wrong because everybody has to figure out what that is for them. And I certainly don't want to encourage people to stay in marriages that are unhealthy. A lot of people have a very hard time leaving unhealthy places. And I don't want to encourage that. But there's also... You can tell from speaking with the panelists that it's not a road that you choose to walk if you don't have to. So, Jay, I'm going to start with you. What are your final thoughts on the topic of divorce?
4: So my final thoughts on the topic of divorce, I really like what an LDS church leader uh, said, uh, Dallin H. Oaks, I think it was probably 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, I'll just, I'll read this quote. And he says that the best way to avoid divorce from an unfaithful, abusive, or unsupportive spouse is to avoid marriage to such a person. If you wish to marry well, inquire well. Associations through hanging out or exchanging information on the internet are not a sufficient basis for marriage. There should should be dating followed by careful and thoughtful and thorough courtship. There should be ample opportunities to experience the prospective spouse's behavior in a variety of circumstances fiance should learn everything they can about the families with whom they will soon be joined in marriage. In all of this, we should realize that a good marriage does not require a perfect man or a perfect woman. It only requires a man and a woman committed to strive together. So that's that's really, that's all I have to say. I think that uh, if I would have followed that advice, that counsel, that I probably would have avoided. And I think that my spouses would have avoided some of the hurt that we went through. And I overall, I think it's pretty good advice.
0: Thank you. That was fabulous. I love that you brought that to the panel. Thank you. Okay, Rob, how about you?
4: Of course. I mean, if you can fix
0: it,
2: I think one thing that I would cherish what I had and try to do to more protect it and and spend more time nurturing that relationship. With that being said, I've been happily divorced for six and a half years. So when Kathy said she's in a good place, I totally relate. So part of me is grateful for my ex because she's the one that filed. I would have just kept going and going and going and trying to make it work out, but she was smart enough to file and it's improved my life. Upon that though, statistically, they say men remarry after 18 months, because I did have my kids in counseling and the counselor said, you're going to be remarried. And I told her not going to happen. And I didn't do that to fight the statistic. I knew that I needed to work on myself. I needed to get past that relationship. Like Kathy said, I needed to mourn it. I needed to improve on myself and be comfortable and be happy with myself before I ever entertained going on to a new relationship. Become solid with oneself and make sure you're comfortable with where you are. But that is also, you should be that way in any relationship. If you're divorced or if you're married, you need to be comfortable with who you are. Even if there's things about yourself you don't like, you have to learn to love love yourself, even the negative things, because that's how you became who you are, is the good and the bad. So become a solid person before you get into any relationship, I think, is a key thing.
0: I love that because you're not expecting somebody else to make you whole. You are, as Kathy said, coming to know yourself, as you're saying, making sure that you're whole and healthy and ready to engage and bring something for the relationship. I think that's great advice. Somebody
2: once told me that they said their spouse did not make them happy. And I said, it's not your spouse's job to make you happy. You have to be happy with yourself. Your spouse is the whipped cream and cherry on top, but you have to be happy
1: with
0: yourself. Thank you. Doug, what about you?
1: My party thoughts. I would say there's a lot of negative things and we focused a lot on that in this. What was hard, what was difficult with it, and there's no getting around that. Even what Rebecca said, there were things that surprised me. I was shocked at how much I missed my in-laws and I hadn't expected that or planned for that, those kind of things. And yet all of that being said, and having gone through all this, my final thought is, it's not the end. It's not the worst thing that can happen in the world. As I've been sitting here doing this panel discussion with you, I've been getting text updates from my ex-wife because my daughter's playing a volleyball match in the high school that I'm next to, and I'm about to go in and watch the rest of this with her, and watch the rest of this tournament today and tomorrow. So you can make it work, and things can work out well, and that's the nature of life. That's what we're all about. Is life's going to have challenges, it's going to have trials, and things you didn't plan for? But that's my party thought. Is it's not the end. It's not over, and you can still have fun and have a great, fulfilling life, and just go out and find out what the next day.
0: Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Rebecca, what about you? It would be really lame to just say
3: ditto right now, but it's important to know who you are. To be able to have any healthy relationship, you have to find how to be true to you. You have to know your own worth because you can't let anybody else disrespect that. And it took a long time for me to realize that, like I said. But also, Doug, you just brought this up too, but my ex-husband, I really only refer to the one because the second one was just like so minuscule, like it didn't even matter, but it, it happened. And so I still own that. But, but the first one that I have got three children with, and we were married for 15, almost 16 years. We're so much better as friends. We kind of jumped into a marriage. We were young. We had to grow up really, really quickly. We had our first son pretty quickly. And all of a sudden we had to be adults and we weren't ready for that. And so we just grew and matured in different ways. And that's where I think we're in a much better place now. And so to echo what Doug said is divorce is not the end. It took a few messy years of the court battles. And we did have that. We did have some messy things in our divorce. But like now I can call him and we can talk about the kids. And I can call him and tell him what's going on. There were years he wouldn't even set foot back in our house because it was a trigger for him. But recently, he's been able to come and enjoy you know, a joint birthday party with our daughter and visiting with our son who's on a mission. You know, coming and skyping with him on Christmas, and those types of things that are now a blessing. That prior to going through all of that, there was just anger and frustration. And yeah, it's not the end. It, you can look back and you can be grateful for the journey. But just know your own worth. Don't let anyone disrespect it, especially your spouse. But more importantly, yourself. Don't allow yourself to be disrespected. And if that's if divorce is the end result of that, then that's what you need to do. But you'll still you'll find strength. Thanks,
0: Rebecca. Kathy, what about you?
5: Well, of course, ditto to everything I've heard, especially Elder Oaks. I did not take very much time to get to know either of my spouses. So looking back at my other question, take time to really get to know them because I found out one key thing about myself that I knew on the surface, but how it related to relationships was that I love everybody and a lot of people do and I could probably be married to just about anybody. Because I love everyone, but happily married and moving forward with an equal partner to a common goal is way more important in a marriage for me going forward if I get married again or, you know, what I've learned is having my values intact and being with someone whose values are intact and going in the same direction is more important than love even. respect. And trust, I feel, are more important than love. Because, like I said, I can love anybody. And I think there's a big misconception. I hear so many people, but I love him, but I love him. Well, that says more about you than him or her, whoever it is. But I really think take time to get to know people when they show you who they are. Believe them the first time, like (laughs) Maya Angelou taught us. That let And just give yourself time to come out of the... Hormonal haze (laughs) that we all get in when we're very first attracted to somebody, and really see what the real cards are that they're playing and not judge them for who they really are, not try to change anybody. We haven't mentioned that, but it kind of goes without saying you can't change anybody. It's so hard enough to change yourself. Don't ever think that someone's going to change for you because it is arrogant, it is not productive, and honor people's agency. And if they choose not to be with you, let them, let them leave. And it's, it can be painful, but overall in the long run, it is beautiful to be yourself and to matter to yourself more than anybody else.
0: Thank you, Kathy. And I want to thank all of the panelists who are on today. I appreciate your candidness, your willingness to be on here and about a vulnerable topic. So thank you for sharing. I hope you enjoyed the panel as much as I did. I thought it was so interesting to get this diversity of people and have their comments and their experiences to really give us a feel for this topic. This is the first time that we've addressed the topic of divorce head on, despite the fact that, you know, it it was my personal story trigger. So I'm glad to do this episode, but really glad to get a lot of people in on it to give you their advice To conclude this, I just want to point out a couple quick things. The American Psychological Association has a few tips on marriage and divorce. And I want to share some of these ideas with you because I know everybody is in a different stage in their relationships. Some of you are happy. Some of you can't imagine getting divorced. Some of you are in the middle of a divorce. Some of you are recently divorced. Some of you are wondering if you should get a divorce. Some of you are your spouse wants a divorce and you don't, or you want a divorce and the spouse doesn't. So everybody's in a different space. And a couple points, and we hit on some of these, but one of the points that this APA shares is that separation and divorce are emotionally difficult. There's no way around that, but it is possible to have healthy breakups. So don't buy into the story that you need to be the biggest possible ass because you're hurt or that they need to. There are ways of doing this that can be more advanced. You can rise above your lower self regardless of the actions of your ex-partner or soon-to-be ex-partner. Tips for keeping your current romantic relationship healthy include talking openly, keeping it interesting, and seeking help if needed. They point out that every relationship has ups and downs, we know this, but some factors are more likely than others to create bumps in a relationship, like finances and parenting decisions. These often create recurring conflicts and those recurring conflicts create hot buttons and then those hot buttons have a set off. One sign of problem is having repeated versions of that same fight over and over. So when that starts happening, seek help. This is a great place for a mediator or a psychologist or a therapist to help couples improve their communication and find healthy ways to move beyond that specific conflict. So one of the advice that the panel members gave was as soon as you start to feel that something, in fact, it was Doug, as soon as you start to feel that something is off a little kilter in your relationship, deal with it then. Don't wait for it to get worse. Don't think you have enough of a foundation that you're going to be able to sail through it. And maybe that's the space where you seek for help. There's a lot of books out there, a lot of websites on how to create good relationships, and it's easier said than done for sure. But I hope that today's episode has been helpful and insightful in hearing other people's experiences. With that, I will say adieu. Thank you for being here for this open discussion about life and how to create your best life story on purpose. Relationships are a big part of that. Share this episode with someone you know who might need it or enjoy it. And share the love, people. Remember, loveyourstorypodcast.com for access to all the 120 plus episodes and access to the tools and online courses for reframing your old stories that are holding you back or jumping into the 21 Life Connection Challenges for actively creating more connection, self-care and possibility in your life moving forward. I will see you next week.